As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. This week on Dueling Review, we review Doctor Who Lost Dimension Omega Number 1 from Titan Comics. It's the thrilling conclusion to this year's event. As the universe slips away into the void, the Doctors are brought together to face a foe as colossal as it is unlikely. The rules of time and space cause and effect break down completely, and the Doctor is all that stands between Earth and Annihilation. I hear them, there's there's them doctors. Yep, there are a lot of doctors, 13 of them in this issue. Yeah. It's kind of cool, especially when you get to those double-page uh, spreads. Yeah. The first, well, the first double-page spread, the one that I really love, is the one where 10, 9, and 12 mm-hmm. are trapped in the rift in the spaceship, and 10 is like, what are we going to do? And 12 is like, don't worry. Help is here. And then they cut to that two page yep. shot yep. of the first eight. Well, the first seven eight minus one doctors. Yeah. Because eight's back on Earth. It's yeah, basically this one. I was really surprised that they had the McGann yeah. uh, doctor come out. Yeah. It's basically one through seven and the war doctor show up and they're trapped in this rift and explaining to them what they're going to do. And it's mm-hmm. really, I really like the young uh, John Hurt looking war doctor. Is that who that one was? Yeah, the one with the beard and the dark hair. Yeah, because it didn't. I mean, we've talked about this before about likeness rights and everything, mm-hmm. uh, especially when it was the Four Doctors uh, series that we reviewed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I looked at that one as like, all right, is that supposed to be the War Doctor, or is this is. maybe an indication of a future Doctor that has not you know come about, or something that I'm missing? And I that I believe is all is the war doctor in between his yeah. regeneration. Do you remember Night of the Doctor? Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. He yeah. was a young black-haired John Hurt. Yeah. And the point where we saw him as the 80-year-old bearded man. So yeah. that's the only doctor who has a beard. And if you kind of look at him in that first shot, mm-hmm. you can sit there and go, okay, yeah, that's definitely meant to be a John Hurt or look like John Hurt. Have you read? Let me ask you this. Have you read this entire series? I have not. I've okay. been way behind on my Doctor Who comics. Let me tell you this. Um, because it was this is the final part in an eight-part series that spans a lot of Doctor Who books, mm-hmm. also coming out this week is part seven of this story. <laughs> and I was like, you know what? Let me just read part seven, and then I'll jump right into part eight. And mm-hmm. part seven, there's a River Song story. There mm-hmm. is a, um, what is the, is it Annie? Is that her name? The companion? Jenny, the doctor's daughter. Well, there's or? Jenny's Jenny, the doctor's daughter is in there. And then there's the um, I think she was with 11. 
when he the eleventh Doctor's companion is Alice in the comics. Oh, that's it, Alice. Okay, so Alice is in this as well, and each one of them have their own little stories, and how it ties into the overall story makes no effing sense. In fact, <laughs> in fact, Jenny's story mm-hmm. when it when that ends in that issue says go back and read, or it says go and read. Um, Doctor Who, The Lost Dimension, Alpha number one, which was the beginning chapter of this. Mm -hmm. And that's the second to the last story is telling you to go back and read the first. I can understand timey wimey, flippy floppy, boopity doopity. But uh, issue number seven made zero sense to me. And I was going in reading the little here's previously what happened in and what's going on. And here are these white wormholes opening up in space and time and sucking up everything in there. And so I'm okay. let's go with this. Then we jump into these stories that make no sense. So I was really nervous going into this issue going, oh, my God, is this going to be more of the same? And thankfully, this issue was super solid. It made sense. It had a a nice narrative and a nice flow. It had all the appearances that you need. Even the people that are standing around uh, had something to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know what was going on with the people of the town. Supposedly, they were all under the spell of something, right? I believe the um, you don't TARDIS need to know. did that. The the TARDIS that was trapped in the void. Yeah. The last line, 12, is like, well, let me tell you about a doctor or a TARDIS who just wanted to find some peace and quiet. Yeah. So the TARDIS, one of the TARDISes, not one a of the TARDIS doctors. Somewhere. Yeah, not the doctor's TARDIS. But a TARDIS just wanted to be left alone. Yep. And so in order to do that, it came up with this plan to destroy all of creation and, and just live out the rest of his existence in a void. But this becomes a multidimensional story because you have to bring in Jenny from, you know, another dimension. Mm -hmm. And there's in Jenny's story in the previous issue, it does talk about how she's jumping from dimension to dimension. And so it's it's I'm glad that this issue made sense. Let's let's put it that way. I am, too. And I really like the balance of characters, because when you're doing a multi doctor story, sometimes it's easy to do the, okay, and here's nine, and here's 10, and here's 11, right. and put them all together. This story starts with nine, 10, and 12. Right. There are no official ninth Doctor, multi-Doctor stories. Right. So it's nice to see nine involved in this. You remember the one that we did a couple of years ago, the first big crossover, mm-hmm. 10, 11, and 12 right. never actually interacted with him. Nine was kind of off limits. Yeah, and but nine has had his own series, though. Yes, he has since, since then. And I believe he has comic-only companions, which is something that the BBC would not allow for a long time. Yeah. They wouldn't allow him to travel with anyone but Rose and Captain Jack. Mm-hmm. But I like the fact that we start with 9, 10, and 12, and then 8 pops in, and then they get stuck in an alternate dimension, and we find 11, and then it turns out that the other 8 doctors are kind of floating around. Well, yeah, they're, we trapped, never in the, ha- they're trapped in the 11th uh, doctor's uh, crazy body thing. In his brain. Yeah. But we never have that big kind of moment of let's go ahead and roll them out because we don't have to worry about whether the actors are available and how much our budget is or anything. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's sometimes it's hard to do a multi-doctor story and have it feel like real modern Doctor Who. And this one really does to me. And I know in they, what was it? The Doctor's was it the Doctor's Wife where we really mm-hmm. start to realize that the TARDIS is a AI personality. It's yeah, it definitely has a, a mind of its own. Yeah. And so I really like the fact and, and again, this was touched on in the previous issue with uh, Annie that um, or what, what was her name again? Not Annie. Alice. Alice, where she's trying to communicate with a proto TARDIS to get mm-hmm. out of Gallifrey where she has been trapped. 
And so it's just kind of cool to see that, you know, yes, we're always talking about the doctor and his companions, but we've really never focused on a story that talks about a TARDIS who is just having a horrible day. (laughs) With no dimensional buffers. Yeah. The the no good, (laughs) the no good, bad day. The the TARDIS and the really good, no bad, awful, eternal day. Yeah. And I will say, who who wrote this? Is this a Tipton Brothers joint? Oh, this one is by uh, Mann and Scott. So George Mann and okay. Kevin Scott are Kevin Scott. I know uh, Kevin Scott. And I love that you can hear the voices. Mm-hmm. I love that you can clearly hear Matt Smith and Peter Capaldi and Christopher Eccleston. And, right. you know, you can hear the characters in play. And there's just that one brief moment where the the first seven show up and they're all doing their thing and talking. And the sixth doctor gets two lines in the whole book. And both of those lines, I'm just like, yeah, that's sixy. I'm good. <laughs> that, that's, yeah. that's my thing, you yeah. know? Yeah. Is it does six sound right? Does five sound right? OK, fine. Four is in this, too. But which I, is, I feel which like is this odd is because solid. he's been on the cover of a lot of the. Of these, yeah. uh, of this series. Four had his own series as well. Right, right. From Titan. Right. I'm still, I really, really want them to just knuckle up and do an anthology, a Doctor Who anthology. And I don't know if they have all of the rights to the, the original series Doctors, but do an anthology, which is just, you know, Doctor Who side trips or something. Mm-hmm. And use the first eight. Because we had a short, we had a series with the Eighth Doctor. We had a series with, uh, I think we had a War Doctor, either issue or story or something. But you've got a lot of stuff that you could do. Right. That, you know, they're not. But this story for me works. And the thing that really encapsulates it for me is the moment where 9 and 10 and 12 are arguing over who should pilot the ship. And 9 is like, I've always wanted to fly one of these. And 12's like, and you will. When you're me. When you're me. Yeah. 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 That was that was really good. The other thing yeah. that I like, besides the story is really solid and a, and a good tie to the end of this story, is the art. The art is fantastic in this issue. It's um, it just has this really cool paint look to it. And I really appreciate it. And it makes the the doctors look like they're their models, except for, you know, eight looks a little different. Peter, the Peter McGann one does not quite look like the Pete McGann that, you know, and uh, as I said, the war there, doctor is one that kind of threw me. But everyone else is, you know, go to any cover of a of a Doctor Who uh, DVD collection and they mm-hmm. look just like their cover of their uh, of their DVD collection. McGann is one of the actors that's really hard to capture. They have the same problem. And this artist does really, really well with Matt Smith and Christopher Eccleston, because those guys are hard to capture. Everyone can draw the second doctor. Everyone can draw the seventh doctor. But for some reason, 11 is tough. Nine is tough. You know what I think it is? What's that? You can draw the even doctors, but not. (laughs) And the fact that Peter Capaldi and David Tennant look fabulous because they are my my favorite modern doctors. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Got a question. Do you know how big is the inside of the TARDIS? Yes. How big is it? It's infinite. Is it infinite? It is. Well, it's the inside of each TARDIS is basically its own dimension. Right. So there has never been a limitation given to it. I know that if you remember back in, oh God, it was probably seasons eight or nine, the one where Clara and Eleven 
get lost in the TARDIS mm-hmm. and like run for miles and right. miles and miles, right. journey to the center of the TARDIS yeah. and get lost and they're just like dying and stuff. That's mm-hmm. neat. Well, I, I believe I that it is like uh, Doctor Who, uh, the fourth Doctor. Uh, I forget which big story arc it was, but, uh, you know, one of the Vogon Destructor Fleet guys is just following him down each level of the TARDIS and they just basically shoot the same brick wall with two layers on it and you see them come out one side and they run down and then you cut to another place and they're coming out the same way and running down because they're just infinitely going down. That's probably the E-Space storyline from the fourth Doctor, like season 16 or something. Yeah, maybe. But I've always wondered, you know, it's like if the TARDIS is an infinite amount of space. Yes. How do we know that the Doctor's the only one in the ship? That's how do we point. know that there haven't been stowaways or how do we know that there's not like a whole civilization of people that are, you know, living down in one of the lower decks that, you know, somebody, somebody shuffled in there like 2000 years, years ago, ago. And then the civilization has just been built up from that. You just wrote a crossover, my friend. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, well, it's just, it's and interesting to think about because at no point when like, I know that the TARDIS can't appear in the, in the same time at the same time, but can it appear in multiple locations at the same time? Like, can it ap- appear in yes. New York and London at the same time? Well, I've never seen it do that, but I'll bet you if it needed to be done for a story, it, it could. It just makes sense that at some point, if it is an infinite amount of space, the doctor would just say, okay, this planet that is in jeopardy of being destroyed, everybody in the TARDIS. Right, right. Well, and something else that they actually touch on in this issue uh, at one point, they get into Nine's control room, mm-hmm. and he's like, okay, yours are fused. And he's like, okay, well, mine too. What if the TARDIS, because it is a time machine, is in a fixed point in time and space, and all of the doctors are actually adventuring in the ship at the same time, yeah. but the control rooms are in different places, and they don't interact with each other? Because it's the equivalent of being miles and miles away from each other. Right. And they're all doing their own thing. But the ship exists like one place in the universe actually rotates around it. Yeah. And, you know, there was another um, <laughs> and it may have been a um, a fifth doctor story or maybe mm-hmm. a fourth. But there's one where they definitely are in the, the control room and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, this control room isn't working. We need to go to the other control room. And they walk like right. through three three uh, control rooms of the previous doctors until they get back to like the first doctor's control room. And then they're able to control and power up the TARDIS from there and do what they need to do. And then they're just like, Oh yeah, this is just the old, the old control rooms uh, here stored away. Yep. Yep. She's kept, she's kept them all. And I can't remember now if that's a TV story or not. I'm pretty sure it's a TV story because I was blown away when that door opened because for me, I, I believe it was like the first time I'd seen like an inner anything beyond the control room. And I was just mm-hmm. like, whoa. And then he just pushes and it was the circles. Maybe it was the fourth doctor, but it was, you know, they push circles. away the circles and they walk in and there's this well, other room and another room and the another round room. things are back. I love the round thing. Yeah, yeah, what yeah. are the round things? No idea. Yeah, no, it's all, it's all good. I mean, it's all good. I mean, I always like a good doctor who story had we yep. reviewed issue number seven, I would have been just like despising it. Top to bottom. But there's something about this issue that really, really works. And it's a job well done, top to bottom. I agree. And I think that just the sight of Jenny kicking people in Time Lord armor 
and all the doctors running around and their companions doing their thing. I don't even know whose companion is whose in certain places. Of yeah. This. And that could be a but likes like, issue okay. thing, too. But I mean, uh, they do bring back, you know, they do show all of the companions that are that were active. Like nine has um, Captain Jack and mm-hmm. I forget who the other Rose. person Rose. Yep. Uh, so, you know, they're doing a good job of that. I think eight is traveling with the girl from his limited series. Probably because he ran into a girl and I think she had blue hair. And I do love the fact that Bill and Nardole are in this, even though they don't actually do much. Enough. Yeah, they don't do much. But again, Nardole we, is my my favorite character. Ugh, I don't I don't care I for love him. Nardole. I don't. He has some moments, <sighs> but overall, I don't like the roles that this actor has been in. Yeah. And so because of that. It ends up making me not like the actor, which is oh, kind of a shame. On. What's wrong with Little Britain? There, I mean, there's, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice person and a nice and a good actor, but every role he has been in has been an unlikable role for me. So when he was revealed to be Nardole, I was just like, oh, great. <laughs> and I think that is a weird thing that happens with actors is if you're always cast playing the villain, the minute that you're playing the hero, no one believes you. Mm-hmm. because everyone knows you as the villain. So the actor who plays Nardal, he's been in a lot of other things that I have seen him in. And, and you and, hate him. And I hate him. I hate his character in all those other things. So That's he has been the villain in all those other things. And now that he's here as a good companion, I don't like him. <laughs> <laughs> but I can see uh, where Nardal has his appeal. Yeah. And it, yeah, if it had been another I actor, I probably would have been totally fine with it. I just love the fact that he has this seemingly unearned confidence. Yes. And then the moment when he needs to actually prove his confidence is earned, Mm -hmm. he not only does it, but he puts it way over the top and he does everything. And then somebody's like, that was great. And he's like, well, I'm not just sexy. Yeah. 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 You tell him, Nardo. For a robot, he is. He's pretty cool. He's half robot. He's got a human head. Whatever. Uh, So both of us are giving this a thumbs up. Oh, definitely. Yeah, I enjoy this. All right. Coming out you, next week. You have to really screw up a multi-doctor story to not have me on board. I've, this I've seen a couple up. of those in comics that I have not cared for. It's true. Yeah. So coming out next week from Dark Horse Comics, we have Abe Sapien, Dark and Terrible, the hardcover, volume <laughs> one. It's 35 bucks. It's what it's called, Dark and Terrible hardcover. We also have Harrow County number 27, uh, Hellboy in the BPRD 1955 Occult Intelligence number three. That's the final issue in that story. Over at DC Comics, Action Comics 991. Oh man, we are just a couple of weeks away from uh, 1,000. No, we're nine issues. I know, which is basically a couple of weeks away. Batgirl or in the. Weeks. Maybe. Uh, Batgirl in the Birds of Prey number 16. Batman Lost number one. That's a metal tie in. Hal Jordan, the Green Lantern Corps. a series called Bird Girl and the Bats of Prey they could sue? No. Okay. Nope. Uh, Hal Jordan and the Green Lantern Corps, number 32, comes out next week, as does the Justice League movie Superman statue. That's 150 bucks. Wait a minute. I thought Superman was dead. How could he be in this upcoming Justice League movie? It's almost like this is a giant <gasps> spoiler. DC and Warner Brothers, what have you done to me? I cannot believe. <laughs> Mr. Miracle, number four of 12, comes out. New Superman number 17, Ragman number two. How was the first Ragman? Pretty good. Uh, it's like the eighth or ninth Ragman number one I've ever read. Mm-hmm. But it was pretty solid. Excellent. 
Uh, Supergirl number 15, Titans number 17, Wonder Woman number 34. Over at IDW Publishing, we have, what do we have? Half Past Danger 2, Dead to Reichs. Ah, and it's, and it's Dead to Reichs, as in Reich, Nazis. Like third Reich. Yes. Uh, speaking of, it's issue number three. There you go. Oh, that's uh, cool. Little Book of Knowledge. It's a hardcore. Uh, I'm sorry, it's the hardcover. Heavy metal. Oh, you little book of knowledge, little book of knowledge, we love you. My Little Pony Friendship is Magic, number 60, and TMNT Ghostbusters 2, number 2. Oh, and it looks like that, uh, you know, TMNT, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, have been crossing over with a whole bunch of different properties. Yes. Batman, most recently, and most popularly. It looks like it's Actually did uh, two. They did a a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Batman, and then they did Batman animated series crossing over with Cartoon Turtles. Yes, and they're doing another one of those, and they're also doing... TMNT Ghostbusters 2, number two, coming out next week. Ghostbusters. Yeah, that'll be fun. Image Comics has Coyotes, number one, The Kingsman, Red Diamond, number three, Redlands, number four, Rock Candy Mountain, number five, and Royal City, number seven. Mm-hmm. Marvel Comics has a Daredevil, 595. 595 issues of Daredevil, Matthew. Can you believe it? I can't. Why not? It says right there on the cover, 595. Marvel lies <laughs> about their numbers. Uh, I think, Matthew, Do not I don't think we can numbers. call them Marvel lies. I think we will yeah. call them Marvel alternate facts. Jessica, okay, Jones, <laughs> Jessica Jones number 14 comes out next week. That actually, this is what's funny about this whole legacy thing. Jessica, mm-hmm. Jessica Jones number 14 comes out. And that's the legacy number of the issue. (laughs) I hate you. (laughs) Just saying. Master of Kung Fu, 126. Sorry there. Uh, Moon Knight, 188. Uh, Mm -hmm. We also have The Royals, number 10. Runaways, uh, number 3. Spider-Man Deadpool, number 23. Spirits of Vengeance, number 2. Unbeatable Squirrel Girl, number 26. X-Men Gold, number 15. And Zombies Assemble 2, number four. Of four. That's the final issue of that. That makes eight. Yes, it does. In Or 16, depending on how you're doing the math. In all the rest category, we have Adventure Finders, number two. Akira, the 35th anniversary hardcover box set. That's a $200 collection. That's something you want to get. If you've got $200 and you love Akira, get that box set. That'll be totally worth it. Okay. Uh, let's see. We also have Blade Bunny Volume 2, number 10. Catalyst Prime A-Cell or Excel. Blade Bunny? Blade Bunny. That coyote catches you. Centipede, Blade number Bunny. four from uh, Dynamite Entertainment. Dan Dare, number two from Titan Comics. Danger Doll Squad, number two. I think they've learned from our ridicule. We've only got uh, six covers coming out. Aw. I know. Uh, Fighting American number two. That's coming from uh, Canuck Comics. Um, Let's see. What else do we have? Harbinger Renegade. Iron Maiden Legacy of the Beast in number one. Kong on the Planet of the Apes number one. Uh, Pokemon Omega Ruby Alpha Sapphire graphic novel volume five. (laughs) Ruby Alpha Sapphire. Steven Universe. And Steven. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Well, it's pretty close. And Pearl. And Pearl. <laughs> Precode Classics, Jet Powers Space Ace Slipcase Edition, Volume 1. That's a $60, I'm sorry, a $55 book. Sherlock, The Great Game, Number 4. Spirit Hunters, Number 11. 
And we can also be on the lookout for the wonderful world of Tank Girl number one. Next week on Dueling Review. Kong on the planet of the apes. Number one, the damn dirty crossover event you demanded. Following the events of the first planet of the apes from 1968, Dr. Zaius, Dr. Zaius and General Ursus lead a small group of soldiers to the Forbidden Zone to destroy any remaining evidence of Taylor's time among them. To their surprise, they discover a Kong. Now they must venture to Skull Island with Cornelius and Zira to discover the truth, but they may not survive the deadliest journey of their lives. You can show your support for this show and everything we do at Major Spoilers by becoming a patron at patreon.com slash majorspoilers. Your contribution allows us to keep this show going. Read comics like Kong on the Planet of the Apes number one. Holy cow, pay for our growing costs. And of course, because we get to read Kong on the Planet of the Apes number one, we have motivation to produce this show for you next week. And it's all because of your support over at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Look, we have numbers growing every month. More and more people are joining every month. What are you waiting for? Get over there. Be part of the cool kids crowd at patreon.com slash major spoilers. Thank you so much for checking out Dueling Review this week. And we will talk with you next time when you hear Matthew say, I'm my own thing, man. This podcast is copyright 2017 by Major Spoilers Entertainment, LLC. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.